something real quick before we do get into that, just as our yes. kind of update for the Anthem minute. Um, <laughs> have you been uh, Have you been playing Anthem still? How's that How's that going? Just generally, I, I actually have been. Um, maybe like I don't know, like two or one or two hours like per day. Like uh, my my husband and his friends, we all talk together online sometimes, and like they've been going in through like a Factorio thing, and I think Factorio is just the most boring game in the world. So while they're doing that, I'll play Anthem. And uh, it, it's it's been good. Like I um I don't know. Like I'm just kind of enjoying roaming around free roam, trying to finish off uh, the I forgot what the thing of valor. I don't fucking know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> the path of valor. Yeah, path of valor. There you go. Trying to get all 100 free play, which I think is bullshit. But that's another story. Um, but no, yeah, I I don't know. Like I I've I've heard so many complaints about the loot and stuff, but like I only really played on hard. I don't really want to bother with grandmaster. So I I don't know. I've, I felt it was fair, <laughs> not getting a whole bunch of legendary drops. But right, I, I've right. gotten them though. So so do you still get masterworks doing hard mode? Uh, just hard, not grandmaster. Yeah, you still do. This is the likelihood is lower. Yeah, the likelihood is lower. Like um, I'll probably get like one one or two a day, which like you know. For only playing one or two hours, that's really not that bad. One or two masterworks a day, and so there are people complaining about that not being good enough. Apparently, but I I can kind of see like if that was the rate for like Grandmaster three, like that being troublesome. I have never even touched Grandmaster three, so I can't really speak of that. Yeah, but, yeah. But um, I'll be honest. For just playing hard, I felt it was fair. I have really no complaints about the loot. But then again, I'm not like a huge loot grinder, so I. I don't know. I at least from my perspective, just playing on hard, I've had no complaints, um, really. So <laughs> all, all of these complaints have just kind of been like me thinking, like, oh, what? Yeah. What? Well, that's. I mean, that's a, first of all, that's really good to hear, and I think that might be a good point to bring up is that a lot of people probably are going to be aiming for hard, maybe Grandmaster One, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are probably playing Grandmaster Two, and they feel like they need just a ton of legendaries um, that are that are also. It's not just the legendaries. It's I got a legendary, but I think the inscriptions suck. That's and they, fair. They they want the inscriptions. And so this is what I think the feedback is, right? Like, oh, I got a legendary, but I thought it should have been a better legendary. I'm so, I shouldn't do a voice when I say that. <laughs> People are going to get mad at <laughs> it's me. It's too late. It's too um, late. You've done the voice. So I, I get it, right? So I guess from my perspective, it's like you got a legendary, you know, I, I guess the hardcore players feel like in order to be effective in Grandmaster 3, I've got to have the best legendaries and they don't feel like they're getting those. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess if you're really into this this genre, which neither of us are, that's a fair criticism um, mm-hmm. that just n- uh, neither of us may be uh, particularly plugged into. But um, yeah, I don't. I actually don't have any complaints either, Katie, and uh, that's because I'm not fucking playing the game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> so what's what's up? Did you get sucked back into Red Dead Redemption, or you just no no longer into it? I, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I sort of, as I often do, sort of loaded up my log, of, or as I used to do a long time ago, um, loaded up a log of games. So I've got Metro and I'm getting back into Red Dead and I'm going to jump into Outward as soon as that comes out, mm-hmm. which should be in another couple of weeks. And I don't know, I guess just the motivation to play Anthem and I guess grind for loot isn't that high if there's already other games that I can sort of use as my sort of filler space. Like, I, I know I mentioned mm-hmm. before that NBA 2K can sort of be like, a, uh, I don't have the, I don't want to really focus on anything. I just kind of want to play something. Um, mm-hmm. And then with like playoffs, NBA playoffs, getting ready to ramp back up, I'm sort of getting back in, more into basketball. So I'm like, wh- where is Anthem going to fit into the into the schedule um, of like games that I really feel like playing? I don't know. When they drop some DLC or something, I'm sure I'll be back in for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's got to be the quickest that I've ever gotten done with uh, 
with a Bioware. Although I didn't finish Dragon Age 2 the first time I ever played it, which is super crazy because I've never, I've never just completely like, ah, I'm just not going to come back to that. It was like a year after the game came out when I finally came back to DA2 and then ended up loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do, I do think that's like, at least for Bioware games, you play the story for the most part. Like yep. you finish the story and you're good. And like for Anthem, like you finished the story how many weeks ago? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, long, I finished it in, in like four days. Like yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it's actually unreasonable to not play again. Like I, I think it's just I, it, I have downtime, so I'm playing it. But like, yeah, I, I know eventually I'll go back to my repeating Dragon Age or Divinity on to mm-hmm. Affinity. But um. yeah, I think the core gameplay is so fun that if I didn't have a backlog of stuff to play, I would totally play Anthem as as just sort of like ah, I just want to play something for an hour or two, and I would probably be having fun with it. I don't mean to knock it by saying I'm not playing it. I just I uh, I got overloaded. But unfortunately, I'm sure you're not the only one. (laughs) That is very. Also, last thing on this. Apparently, the division two is getting great reviews. Oh, really? Um, I think people did kind of say things similar to me, which is that it's not a a huge leap forward as far as any of the design stuff from the division one. You're doing basically the same stuff, but when you compare it to Anthem or even the Destiny two launch, etc., it's got a lot more polish. Um, we don't know yet because we haven't really gotten a lot of that veteran player in-game feedback. We'll see how that goes in a few weeks. But mm-hmm. so far, it's getting um, a lot of praise for just being polished, very solid servers. Knock on wood. I mean, they haven't had any problems yet. <laughs> um, so just as a comparison, you know, again, I feel like in the broader mainstream gaming community, that's not going to bode well for Anthem because people then say, well, if, if the Division 2 could do it, why couldn't Anthem do it? Well, one thing I will say is that... Um no man's sky recently came out with i don't think it was the actual patch but they announced a patch where they were going to add a whole bunch of things and i was like oh i forgot no man's sky existed what's the, what's going on over there and um i i checked out some of the reddit threads on it and people were like really excited for the update people mm. in like the not no man's sky reddit were excited for the update and like oh i should go check out this game again this looks really nice and we were actually very positive about it so i'm just sitting here thinking like oh hell if fucking no man's sky can have like some positive reaction like right. I, you know like i i i feel like we we I don't know. This is going to be what we're basically talking about today. It's like everyone gets gets so fired up and angry about fucking video games, man. Like what's <laughs> <laughs> And like give it a year, everyone's like really chilled out. Like well, actually a couple uh, weeks ago, or uh, maybe not that week with weeks, it's a couple days, PC Gamer released an article that says actually Andromeda is a pretty good game. You know, like which I mean, I kind of disagree with the article because I'm like, I mean, it's like Andromeda still has its flaws. Come on now, but like, it's it's weird how like if you give a game about a like a, ga- a game that just got reamed on about a year, people kind of chill out and go, oh, they they actually see like the positives to the game and want to focus more on that than just absolutely ripping it to shreds, which is a, a weird community quirk I think is being uh, developed in the most recent years. Yeah, did PC Gamer really uh, post that about? They posted it because I I tweeted out the Kotaku article and I said that the the, the tide might be turning on Andromeda. Maybe it's going to be taken as a cult classic years from now. And that I think that was my most popular tweet ever. Like that tweet circulated like crazy. Um, and I think uh, Aaron Flynn liked it or something like that. And and then so really, when did PC PC Gamer did this recently? I guess. Yeah, hold on. Let let's maybe you have to edit this out, but I really need to find this for you now. Yeah, well, I want to find it too. Um, I'm a prophet, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> You're a prophet. 
Uh, Let me look at my history because it. uh, I was just reading it. Oh, I got it. Anthem. Oh, oh, Anthem makes Mass Effect Andromeda look a lot better in hindsight. Is this it? Mm, Oh. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's that's the title. But the 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 tweet I specifically got on for Mass Effect. That's weird because they tweeted out Andromeda's looking better, but then I guess, yeah, I guess the title of the article is Anthem makes yeah. massive Andromeda look better in hindsight. Oh well, shit! I, I gotta say, I find that to be entirely true. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who is doing yet another Andromeda playthrough just for my own personal satisfaction, I'm just like, oh yeah, it's kind of nice when you have a dialogue wheel again, <laughs> <laughs> um, and just like casual outfits and like walking around, you know. Walking around um, just any hub area and then having a quest that's not just talking to someone, hearing a little bit of story and getting a quest that's actually going to cause you, you know, to to feel like those side quests are more connected to the world, etc. So, yeah, I agree with that sentiment. But that's really this is exciting for me because I I felt all along that Andromeda was getting way too tough of a way too tough of a Mm -hmm. of a rap. And so it's kind of nice to see that see things turn around on this. Yeah, okay, I just sent you the uh, the tweet that PC Gamer tweeted out where for for that particular article that says Mass Effect Andromeda was good actually. Like that is so completely different than what that other article uh, <laughs> was I guess saying. <laughs> See, I saw the tweet. I didn't really read the article, which hey, that should say something. But uh... so you're saying so so back to your original point, right? So. Uh, you're saying given enough time, it seems like a lot of games, No Man's Sky being another example, um, they tend to have their reputation repaired, right? Is that is that kind of the idea you think that might happen with Anthem? That, that's what I'm thinking, yeah. Because, like, Anthem is designed to grow, you know? Like, they, they keep touting all this new story stuff and whatever. So, like, I think, you know, give it a year's time, there's going to be a very solid base to this game. It's just, it, there's going to have a lot of bad growing pains, <laughs> yeah well it has already it has already but so did no man's sky right no man's sky has got to be one of the best examples of a game that had a lot of hype was not received well at launch a lot of people just completely dismissed it and then the narrative went from okay maybe this game isn't totally worthless to hey after so many patches and total reworks it's actually pretty decent to they've got a really strong um core base of followers and now it sounds like from what you're saying Maybe even the broader community is thinking that they need to give this game a second look. That's what it. That's what it looked like to me. And but like I, I will say with No Man's Sky, like there was. Um, granted, I didn't buy the game. I just kind of followed it because it seemed a little uh, too good to be true. I guess is this thing. But um, it, they were flat out saying that things were going to be in the game that weren't. Like they, they, I think flat out lied in some aspects. And um, I guess to do some some research for this, because what we want to talk about today is like, I, I, I don't know, I don't want to call it like entitlement, because that's not really quite what I mean. But just um, the, the interaction of constant, uh, a need of the community to hear constantly from the devs and the expectations they have developed on themselves and like what is actually happening and then their anger about it. Like... Um, there, there is so many people on the Anthem subreddit that feel lied to. And having followed very, fairly closely what Anthem has been promised and said about, I don't think I've, I, I don't feel lied to. I don't see where the lies are. Um, I, I can totally see them say like, well, 
we want to do these things, but we're not going to have it yet. So I don't know if they don't hear that yet part or what, but like, I can't think of a moment where they have said that something is going to be in the game and then it's not there. Maybe, maybe I'm blind. Maybe I have missed it, but like, I, I can't see where they lied. Whereas in No Man's Sky, that wasn't actually, it was an actual issue. There are very small things. Like, I, I did go back and listen to, um, not because I was looking for any of it, just because it was sort of like, I, I was just curious. And I went back and listened to some of the very older um, interviews um, that they did with Game Informer, maybe like a year before the game came out. One tiny little thing um, that they were at, Mark Dara was asked about was, will you be able to buy a house in this game? And Mark Dara said, you will be able to have your own apartment in Tarsus. We but they later, have but they later right? on went on and said, like they they came out and said, like, oh, by the way, at one point we talked about a house, but we decided that we wouldn't do it for these reasons. Oh, they did. Okay, I totally missed that. Then okay, so then they clarified that before launch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, then then yeah, then I can't think of anything really. Yeah, so like it's the, the, I I totally get where in development <clears throat> things change and then they have to go uh, oh, go against it. But, one other thing, the Strider. Yeah. I mean, they said the Strider was going to be your mobile base does it ever really function as a mobile base it's sort of like a cutscene base really in that one yeah people actually somehow glitched into striders though and it works just like a mobile base so i don't know if that's a thing coming later or what did they ever specify that it wouldn't be ready at launch that one i don't remember so maybe that one but but even that we're like we're struggling to find like if that's if that's the one thing that people are saying they're lied to like that seems a lot like i i have pulled a couple quotes from people if you want me to read some of these like (laughs) yeah totally and no just to be clear i do not think that they've lied to us i like you you described it perfectly we are struggling to remember small things that maybe weren't quite true nothing as blatant as no man's sky i personally do not feel lied to or anything like that um, but yeah, let us let us know what the people are saying. So um, I, I will say that these are all, I did try to look on Twitter, but just how Twitter is built, I couldn't really find anything very specific. So I, I went looking for moments where the community was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? maybe not quite offensive but like attacking the devs where where they were like very much shitting on them not quite angry at the game but more so the devs that's what i was really focusing on um i will admit that uh, the the only stuff i really found was on the anthem subreddit uh and even then i remember comments of like people saying that we should dox the devs and stuff like that but those were taken down and are no longer there so going through this the things i found weren't that extreme i don't think they were that bad but i also wonder how much was taken down but i i i I think there there's an element here i want to get across of like i don't know if there is some bullying towards the devs i just don't know if it's as extreme as people are making out to be um but I, i don't know so anyway with with that being said here are a couple of quotes i have pulled um these are mostly from reddit threads that are talking about like um like some things being broken in the game or like uh there's that one that we'll talk about later that um i was it who was the community manager that one of the community managers posted on was this very long thread that someone wrote up so um here's one with three points of upvotes no they lied and stole my money twice anthem and andromeda fuck them another one were they being considerate when they lied to consumers about what was in this game they deserve what they're getting and they deserve to have this game fall on his face 
Another one. LOL, fuck being civil with people who hire psychologists to figure out the best way to exploit money out of us. Fuck the devs. Fuck all of them. Which that one I don't understand. Right, because devs don't do that. I mean, there are psychologists who work uh, who will um, help you establish marketing trends, but that's on a publisher level. And also, I mean, I don't know. We can assume, but we don't have any evidence of what EA has done or not done. Mm -hmm. Here's another one. Yeah, I'm sorry, but no, they get paid a job. They're welcome to quit if they can't take criticism for releasing a fuck job. Oh, fuck that person. You're welcome to not (laughs) buy the game. (laughs) I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, Ben, as of Ben Irving, needs more feedback, but only if it's nice and doesn't hurt his fee-fees. Q Ben Irving whining about people not being constructive with their criticism. Another one. Honestly, they have basically stolen millions of dollars and damaged some people's property, in my opinion. I'm not, like, in favor of doxing or anything, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over how hard they are criticized. Uh, was another one. Uh... They gave us a broken product at full price, knowing full well it was broken dumpster fire. I do not feel bad for them. They deserve exactly every piece of criticism coming their way. If you bought a product at full price and had to wait an infinite amount of time to use that product, you should get pissed. Game devs aren't some protected special class. They don't get a pass because game making is hard. So... Uh, yeah, it's a lot of people feeling lied to, a lot of people feeling like their money was stolen, a lot of people that... (laughs) The one that I don't get, um, a lot of people mad at Ben Irving. Um, I don't, I don't even know what he did, but a lot of people, he, he was very active in the Anthem subreddit, and then he wasn't. Because he went to his brother's wedding and he tweeted that out that, hey, I guys, I'm going to be gone this weekend because I'm going to a wedding. He's going to be gone for like four or five days. And then for some reason, I guess that message didn't get onto the Anthem subreddit. So when he stopped replying, people said that he got his fee-fees hurt, the feelings, and left. And people were like, you know, being very angry about that and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, that's not even the story. He literally is gone. <laughs> He's not working, guys. <laughs> Wow. So does he, I mean, does he post on there every day? Is that how regular his interactions are? Because I'm not on the Anthem subreddit regularly. I sort of look at a few threads. And even then, I, I at this point, all of the things that are being discussed there aren't of interest to me. Like, I care about the story primarily. And every thread on there is about the loot rates and sort of maybe things that they think need to be tinkered with the progression. And, and also a lot of these comments about feeling lied to. So I don't look in there deeply, but are the devs on there like active? Like he stops posting for two days and people notice. Apparently. Yeah. Like I, I've been on there pretty act. Uh, not, I haven't been posting, but I've been looking at it because it's, it is honestly just a dumpster fire in there. And um, there's two main posters. One is Jesse Anderson, the community manager. And um, Ben Irving is also very active too. And pretty much, um, so but last week they were active pretty much almost every day. There was always like, like people even have like little trackers devoted to seeing when they post and then get notified that there are some like those two have posted in the Anthem subreddit. So they know when they don't post. They didn't really post over the weekend, which was also kind of when um, I should say this is last weekend. Uh, so I, I guess the story is, is that there was a loot patch a a quick patch and then loot started like raining from the skies everyone started getting masterworks and legendaries and it was a really huge big deal and then another patch came out like saturday morning or like friday night i can't remember what the time is and um it nerfed that and people got 
extremely upset, Jordan. Like, yes. no, no, very upset over about that. And um, this is also the weekend. And so everyone was gone for the weekend. And so, I, at least this is what I assume, because no one actually replied. And there was like a whole bunch of Reddit threads. And then from like Saturday and Sunday, the community just exploded absolutely exploded in anger and rage and people getting so frustrated and saying, fuck this, I'm out because the loot was nerfed. And there was, and probably the, the hugest frustration is that they basically dropped a patch. Things started not working correctly with mostly just the, um, the loot patch and no one was responding to the community because they were gone for the weekend. And that's kind of how everything just became a big old clusterfuck. And yeah. everyone was it, 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 like, and everyone was saying like, "Oh, we don't feel like we're listened to." And what the, the I think the biggest issue here is that it it people with thoughts or, or Anthem has been trying to say like, "Hey, we want to, you know, listen to your community. We want to do things that you guys want to do." And then when the community tries to say something, they didn't get an immediate reaction when in the past they at least have gotten something because it wasn't the weekend. And when they weren't getting response, they assumed that they had chased the development team away and because they're too soft or whatever reason they've made up. And they just got angrier and angrier and angrier and angrier and sort of going up on itself. And it just kind of exploded. And when the devs came back on Monday or maybe even saw it over the weekend, I don't know. Like they were just, <laughs> they, I think they were this, a couple of them that like took a step back. Like I don't think they actually responded to like Tuesday um, before they like got their shit together and be like, okay, guys, we, we have been listening. We're coming up with a fix. Hold on. <laughs> We, it was yeah. a Saturday. It's uh, I mean, to, to think of that, to think of the fact that people are are doing this on their weekend, that alone, um, kind of baffles me a little bit. But I do, I know you mentioned Jesse Anderson, who's one of the Bioware community managers. Um, Kotaku also ran a story a little bit on on something that he had posted. Um, so Ethan Gatch over at Kotaku um, wrote mm-hmm. a story that said Bioware community manager says hostile replies make developers less likely to engage. Basically, exactly what you're talking about. Um, so I wanted to to uh, read Jesse's quote. Um, he says to start things used to be a lot friendlier here for dev team members who normally don't talk on social channels or forums. They could answer questions, give information, and know that they aren't going to have people getting upset at them. Why would a dev team member take away time from working on the next update to post when they know it's likely to be met with hostile replies or they get flamed because they can't answer other questions that players are asking? I don't mind Mm -hmm. posting here when things aren't so nice, but that's because it's my job. For devs, it isn't their job. And I'd like to ask people to remember that when replying to them. When some people say, be nice or the devs will stop posting, it's 100% true. Um, So I don't know. I, I, I take that and I think in some instance you know, with the Ben Irving thing, that's not what was happening. He was going to his brother's wedding, but then I have to imagine that that is true for some of the devs. Yeah. And I I think there's this weird middle ground here where the game did release, it's had a lot of issues and people feel cheated. They feel angry. They feel upset. And I think that's a very valid feeling and we shouldn't erase it because, you know, whatever reasons at the same time, you know, game devs are human. They can't always be at work. Again, what he said, like, it's his job to go to the Reddit, and that's what he's been doing. But for Ben Irving, that's not really his job. He doesn't really have to worry about it. He has other things to worry about. So why would he worry about the subreddit when he's 
essentially paying Jesse Anderson to worry about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's and and then the community gets upset about that and blah blah blah. But like there, it's it's these two sides that I actually think have some valid points, but they're still kind of fighting with each other. So it's it's this kind of this weird subject to talk about because I do think it's real that the gaming community feels entitlement. But I also think it's real that we we did pay for a, a, a service. People have paid for it. You are saying that Anthem is a, is a service model, right? So when we try to act like it is a service, like when my internet goes down, I get really upset at Comcast because Comcast is a shit company. <laughs> like, <laughs> who, who do you get mad at? Because you are mad. What do you get mad at? You know, it's, it's this weird middle ground. And there, there's this really good quote from... Um, actually pulled it up um art not our gaming but our games which you should uh subscribe to if you're into reddit um so they actually posted about this on their uh forums and the top comment i have to read out for at least some of it because it is honestly exactly how i feel about this um i cannot pronounce this name who who posted this because it is honestly just a jumble of random letters but anyway um a jumble of random letters says uh, I hate what games as a service has done to this industry. Games are told to buy gamers are told to buy a very shiny, very small product with a promise that'll be fleshed out in flight. Gamers expect communication, real-time reactions to every single complaint. It's a living game shaped by them or something. Developers are always sprinting to meet milestones they never actually stops. Gotta keep churning out content for your pseudo MMO in flight. Better be good contact too and well implemented. If it's lacking, oof. Developers might interact with the community, and this only works out during the honeymoon phase of release, when everything is still new and players haven't optimized out the fun yet. After that, ah, well, you can still keep chatting if you don't mind getting shit constantly, and you better fucking hope your social media is extremely isolated from your industry presence, otherwise it's unusable. And at the end of the day, gamers feel they're stuck with the shitty $60 half-finished world that is designed to make you feel like if you're not playing it, you're missing out on building the, uh, uh, the, the game building up. And then he goes on to give some real life examples of Battlefield Five and whatnot. But yeah, that's kind of what this model is nowadays. Uh, do you agree? Sort of. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack about player sentiment. And also the fact that this person brings up specifically the live service model being problematic, which I think it is problematic. I think it's problematic for a lot of different aspects of creating video games, particularly creating video games as art. Um, mm-hmm. art is not a service, right? Those two things are antithetical, right? Art is definitely not a service, mm-hmm. um, even if it can be commercialized. And so from that perspective, I think it's very problematic. From a technological perspective, um, live service was inevitable. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I've been saying this literally for years, since since well before um, you know anything with Exalted March, I've been telling people it must become a, a somewhat of a service model uh, inevitably because it is software, and there's this weird there's this weird dichotomy in video games where they are at times art, they are often very artistic in, in a lot of their expressions, but they are also always software. I mean, they're definitely software. They're never not a video game is never not software. And mm-hmm. if you look at all of the different software models, they've been moving to subscription or service models for a long time, right? Antivirus was the first one because it made absolutely the most sense. 
Um, you need to have a in a connected um, networked world. You can't have old definitions for for potential exploits and trojans and all sort of stuff. So you have to have mm-hmm. that be a service. Um, the next thing that happened, oddly enough, was uh, very expensive um, professional grade software, things like Photoshop. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. still hate that that's a subscription. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, but a lot of people hated that it cost eight hundred and fifty dollars. Also, um, so you you're it's not necessarily a savings thing, but it's a it's breaking up that that piece of it as well. And then also you're getting now um, enterprise software. So basically, the entire Microsoft Office suite is a subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these, all of these different things are now subscriptions, and so it's kind of inevitable um, that that was going to happen for video games. There's really no other way to to move forward with that. But that's a distribution model. The fact that it's now affecting design that shouldn't have to be as inevitable, right? And I know that that's super tricky, and people way smarter than me are probably going to have to figure that out. But how do you design a video game as though it's one? whole complete thing including progression which progression has always been a part of video games way before we played video games online and how do you manage that piece without it feeling like like the challenge and the satisfaction that is supposed to be coming from progression isn't directly linked to a significant um revenue stream for the publisher i don't i don't know exactly but that that live model aspect of it yeah, I, th- I think it's more problematic from a design standpoint as to how it plays into like the community feedback and interaction. Yeah, I guess I guess it is necessarily it is necessarily contributing to the atmosphere because if you're going to run a service or you're going to run games as a service, you have to have this constant line of communication. However, games as a service they're still not a service unless it's an MMO. Right? I mean, there's some kind of tricky vernacular being used in there. Games as a service. But Anthem isn't a service. Right? So the thing, the, 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 the real comparison there to use is the one that you made about Comcast. Mm-hmm. You complain to Com- Comcast because you are paying a monthly subscription fee for your internet. Mm-hmm. No one's paying continually for Anthem. You paid once for Anthem and you got a thing. And if you like the basis of that thing, you can pay to get more things eventually. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like the game, I don't think the answer is to get mad. I think the answer is to say, I'm never going to give them any more money. I paid money. I got a thing. And based on my satisfaction of that thing, that now defines my buying decisions going forward, unless I hear of some great turnaround from the from the rest of the community. So, you know, especially like internet-wise, I've always been in, a, in an area where uh, there's a monopoly, right? I can only get, I don't even have two choices. I have one choice. Oh, same. Yeah. Um, almost everywhere. And, and, my, and I live in a major city. <laughs> I live in a top 10 big city. And most places you can only get one choice. Um, that's insane. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, if I, if I want to have internet, I have to complain to my internet company because I don't even have competition. I don't even have a choice. If you don't like Anthem that much, I don't really see, if it was me, I don't understand how my effort is better spent posting on the anthem subreddit instead of playing the division two or playing Mm -hmm. destiny two like i would have more fun that's the point of video games is to have fun not to be all twisted up into an angry pretzel on on reddit and yelling at people so i think i yeah i would tell people don't be angry just go play something else yeah here's another thing people are keep saying like oh they stole my money they stole my money boy you can return it that's a thing you can do. <laughs> could so, could <laughs> like, someone still get refunded on Origin now? 
Um, if they bought at launch, I don't know the origin rules, but I don't, I probably not. But like, you know, if I, I imagine that a lot of these people have been complaining since launch. If since launch you have been complaining. You should have returned like, it. Yeah. You should have returned it. Yeah. Right. And then there's some people that like they paid, instead of buying the game, they paid the $15 to, um, you know, get the origin access. Right. I'm like, oh, they stole my money then. I'm like, well, yeah, but you, it's you only got 15 something. bucks. Yeah. And like you could play, it wasn't just Anthem. You could play everything else in the, right. the origin library. Yeah. So like, you know, maybe you didn't like Anthem, but that's because you like, you know, you, you didn't just pay for Anthem, you paid for other things. So right. it's, it, it's, it's like if you paid for Netflix and then got upset when like some Netflix show, like one Netflix show was upset. Like, well, there was other things you could have watched too. Precisely. Like, yeah. So it's, I I don't know. At, at one point, I, I I just I don't get why people are complaining so much. But at the same time, like, why do we release a two-hour podcast complaining about the story rather than just saying like, oh, it's not very good? I do think there is something about Anthem that people do like, and when it's not meeting their expectations, they're getting very frustrated because I think like us with our two-hour, thirty-minute podcast. We know it could be something if they just fixed a couple things and they're not doing it fast enough, which I know that's mm. it's it's hard because it's not like these are small issues. Like, did you um, apparently there's a new thing that everyone's uh, been this, it's the new thing to flip out now that loot's kind of been fixed um, that uh, the leveling scale is broken. There's a lot of math behind this. I'm not good at math. I don't know the exacts, but um, <laughs> one of the most power thing, powerful things you could do, apparently, is if you're, like, the max level, you unequipped all of your extra whatevers and then use a level one gun, and somehow it scales up the level one gun to, like, some crazy amount. I've seen this, yep. Yeah, so, like, you know, like, oh, no, no, everything's broken, blah, 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 which, like, yeah, that seems like a very big design flaw. It's a bug, oh, right? They addressed that, yeah. right? They said that's a bug. We're working on it. But but apparently there's like the math behind it is like inherently broken or something like I that. See. And like okay. it's more of a design flaw than a bug. So like that's at least what I have read. I don't know anything about game design or math, so I don't know. But uh, that that's kind of where people are coming from, where they think it's, oh, it's not a bug. This is an inherent design flaw of Anthem. This is, this is crazy. This is insane type of thing. So... Um, yeah, like they, they, these are people like the person who found this out, like they put a lot of time and effort. And you should see the Reddit post. It's easy, like two or three pages just of content and math put into this. No one would do that for a game that they didn't like, you know? They, they, they obviously like the game. People who in the subreddit, they care. They just wish it was better and are frustrated by that. And so they take it out on the devs who they think it's their fault that the game isn't as good as it should be, which, hey, maybe it's not, you know, like they made it like, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of their fault. But is this really something you should, it, it's, why are people getting so angry? <laughs> they... They're getting very angry. And you bring up a good point, right? Like, we went on for quite a while, and, and we got we got a tad ranty in our review of Anthem. Mm -hmm. um, I had one section in my story review where I got a bit ranty. But to me, there is a, there is a slight difference there. In, in some way, those two things are alike, and in some sense, they're different. The way that they're alike is maybe you just like talking about this stuff, right? Like, I like talking about story. I like analyzing story. That's why I did almost an hour and a half just on the story. And... Even if the game's story wasn't good, I actually still enjoy the process of sort of cataloging and critiquing what was there. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe there's people out there who the reason why they post on the subreddit so much is they actually like doing math and crunching the numbers and saying, hey, this this thing doesn't match up the way that it should. And they actually enjoy the process of analyzing the gameplay on a loot shooter slash mm-hmm. MMO. Um, so that, that, that could be. And you could probably tell by the language that that specific person is using whether or not they're filled with rage as they're doing something or whether or not they're just enjoying the process of taking something apart X's and O's wise. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference I feel slightly is that, especially when we were talking about the story, um, the story is going to evolve. They're going to be able to add things. But the pieces of the story that we talked about are done. Right. So that's a mm-hmm. finished thing that we can talk about. And in and, and that sense, I don't know. I, I feel like, OK, this this story is done. It's time to talk about it and, and have a conclusion on what on what the main story of Anthem is. The gameplay, how do you, where's the conclusion to that, right? It doesn't have a conclusion. It is constantly evolving and you can never quite land on the same definitiveness of it. I guess I guess what you could be definitive about is here is my experience with the gameplay up to this point. And for some people, it hasn't been positive. Um, but still, again, I just sort of land on like if, if it's that definitive for you, you either have hope that it's going to get better and that you express that or you just say, all right, I'm done. <laughs> just go play something else. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's another aspect to this that I've been trying to form into words. And I don't know if this is going to be a fully cooked idea. But it, players need a space to complain and not have to worry about their words so much. Like how you at probably the end of the day at your work, you go home to like friends or family members or whatever, and you bitch about your boss and your coworkers and how stupid so-and-so was or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you need that space to vent. This Reddit community is the space for Anthem players to vent. And this is them getting their feelings out and doing whatever. And it, it's it's great on paper to say that we're going to read all your comments and do whatever and your ranting is going to be heard. But, like, these people are expressing their raw feelings, which comes out as very angry and negative a lot of the times. And then the devs just come into your ranting space and say, no, you can't say these mean things. So where are they going to rant? And so then they then they get angry at the devs and there's this weird war. I, I think it would be better if the devs have created their own space to say, look, you can say whatever the fuck you want on the Anthem subreddit. But maybe like maybe even just this post is where we're going to hear things or like, the, you know, a, a space to submit things like just to, to like come in to someone like a player base's rant space and go, oh, no, I don't like what you're saying here. Sorry, you shouldn't be this mean when they need that space. Humans need that space to rant and bitch about people, you know, like it's it's just human nature. <laughs> we got to get angry at things and it's OK to get that feelings out if it's not like hurting other people. But we have created this space on Reddit where it is hurting other people. <laughs> I first of all, that's a really that is a very astute observation, and I'm like 98 percent sure that I agree with you. Remind me, remind me to bring up that I want to ask you a question because I, okay. I I might disagree in a very small way and in a way that's okay. sort of separate from video games. But I mostly agree with you, and I think you're I think you're completely right about if you are on Reddit this entire time and and you treat it as a place where you can just speak freely and. And not have to feel the pressure of, you know, am I hurting the developer's feelings? Am I am I speaking to them in a cordial enough way? This is just my raw thoughts. And I, and I can say this because it's liberating to have that space. Mm-hmm. And then the devs come in and say, well, this is the place where we get feedback to work on the game. And we want that feedback to be phrased. It's a, it's a, it's a reasonable 
um, desire to want the feedback to be phrased in a cordial way. But now there's this sort of like, there's an impasse between those two ideas. It's very reasonable to say, I need a space where I can speak freely and not have to have the pressure of being cordial. And people saying, we need a space to get feedback and it's much more effective for us if the feedback is cordial. There's an impasse between those two ideas. So I totally, that's a very good observation. I would add to that, there's sort of a macro level to that with social media in general, that it's this intersect between perception of private and public space where mm, yeah. pe- people on their Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, not so much Reddit because you don't have a page on Reddit, but especially on Instagram, Twitter, um, and Facebook, there is a often repeated idea that this is my page. This is mine. Mm. I can post whatever I want here. I can delete comments from my Instagram if I want. Like, this is mine. Mm-hmm. And that's a very interesting idea because that's that's a very important thing to people who feel like they are having to censor themselves at work, having to censor themselves sometimes around their own family or even around their friends. And it's just like they need a place that they consider to be theirs with, for, for self-expression. However, collectively, we are treating something like Twitter as though it's a public square. We are, mm-hmm. We're treating it as though this is the place to go and get a pulse and try and figure out what the zeitgeist is of that particular moment, of this particular topic, of this particular hashtag. But that's not really going to work if people are treating, they're not acting, they're not acting in accordance with the pressure that is typically there when you have to behave a certain way in public. Right. Mm-hmm. They are using sort of the the brashness and the sort of their, their, their they have a certain um, confidence that happens when you're, when you're in a space that's quote unquote yours, but we're then also trying to treat that as a shared space. I think that's why sometimes the discourse is so, is so crazy on something like Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. That's a really interesting problem. It's a very big problem. And I don't know how the hell you fix that. I don't know. Other than like, I, I, I would say that probably the best thing you can do is just teach the next generation that social media is a public space, not a private one. Like, and like, that's, it's, it's so hard coded in a lot of people in today's society where like, um, even some devs, you see like, oh, my thoughts are my own. And like, they don't express, you know, Bioware or whatever, when they, they kind of do, you know, you are a noted employee. And like, you see all the time people getting fired because of things they say online, not at Bioware, but well, I mean, like, I think it might've happened that one time. I don't remember the specifics, but whatever. People get fired for you know, saying shit online, they go, oh, I can't believe I got fired because I've said shit online, you know, like, it's, yeah, because <laughs> people can see it, you know, it's, it's this weird dichotomy, I guess, you know, I guess I agree with you is what I'm trying to say. Manveer here, is that the guy who supposedly, well, we don't know if he got fired for his um, views necessarily, but he, yeah, what was, what was he saying about, it was like, Someone died and he said good riddance or was it something like that? He he expressed a lot of views that seemed to be specifically and and um, sort of unambiguously negative towards Caucasian people, right? Like okay. he, he wanted more diversity and representation in games, but his brand of, uh, let's just say, I don't even want to say politics, just his views in particular were white people suck. Uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't like seeing white people in anything, essentially. I'm paraphrasing, not quoting the guy, but... Um, that was that was the person who at one point it was like yeah he no longer works here we don't know exactly what that means um yeah. but it, it is that is a decent enough example of if a guy like that has such strong opinions on race relations and then says my views are my own i don't express the views of bioware like well good luck buddy like that paragraph doesn't protect you um yeah. from from the scrutiny of what you're saying and the connection of that to your job 
Um, especially when there are going to legitimately be thematic elements in the story of Bioware games that might inc- that might be analogies for um, diversity and inclusion, etc. I'm not saying those two things can't mix, but there's going to be added perception that really doesn't need to be there and even kind of detracts from, from whatever positive message you're trying to put forth in your stories. Mm-hmm. Um, like Nowadays, like these devs kind of have to have a public Twitter that's very professional and then a locked private one. Like, I, I don't know if you know this, but it's, it's kind of well known because you see sometimes replies to it. Patrick Weeks actually has two Twitters. There's his private one that he's had for a while, and then his public one that's more like, you know, more Bioware-centric and talking about, like, you know, some daily stuff. I think there is some blend with his real life and, and his public Twitter, but he has a private one, too. <laughs> and it's good he keeps it private. It's good that he has this little space to do whatever the fuck he wants. And I kind of hope all of the devs have private Twitters and that they can use Twitter like a normal, average person and not get reamed and, you know, all sorts of stuff when they're on, on their public Twitters that they do. So I, I it's it's this weird, like, it's, it's social media is weird nowadays. And it's, I, I think people are, the, the internet's having a lot of growing pains between um, reality and, like, you know, it, when, when you're on alone at your computer, like Jordan, our relationship to me, you are just a voice box. I don't really know that much of what you look like, but to me, you are your icon. And then, you know, on sure. Google Hangouts, it like goes up and down. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's you. And when I think of you, that's what I think of. But that's right. not really you. You're sure. like some dude and, you know, down in Texas and like you have a life and stuff like that, but I don't really know it. That's that's the reality situation. Yeah. I don't know you. A lot of you, a lot of you people, I got... <laughs> I, I'm going to ring on this guy. I got this uh, PM a while back on this, this guy that says, like, oh, I, I love you and your content. I'm like, all right. <laughs> he doesn't know me. You don't know me. You don't know anything about me. You know I like Dragon Age. That's about it. You don't yeah. know what I look like. You don't know anything about me. And that's kind of what's going on with social media. We think we know things because we hear things. But right. I, I think a lot of things on people's Twitters and social media are hyperbole a bit. I bet that a lot of these people that read like uh, the comments I read out, if they were face-to-face with some of the devs, they wouldn't say those things. No, absolutely not. 100% Be- they wouldn't. Because they're real people suddenly and not just this random name. Like we make fun, like I, I, I say lovingly make fun of like uh, when we were doing Anthem, we were naming our guy Casey Hudson because it's funny because <laughs> it's Casey Hudson. Everyone makes fun of Todd Howard, you know, because sure. it's Todd Howard. Right. But if you met Todd Howard and Casey Hudson, and you told him you said these things, it'd be, it'd be weird. It'd be very awkward. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of like I, I, I like um, there's definitely things that like even I said and I, we said that like if it got back to the devs, I would be mortified. <laughs> Yeah. It's just mortifying. Okay, okay. So this is a really good idea, right? So like, th- I, I like this a lot because I've said this repeatedly when it comes to things like satire or jokes. Um, mm-hmm. I joke. I, I say things that are um, sort of like humorously hostile, right? I rant. Mm-hmm. Here, Here's a good thought experiment. And I do do this with myself, right? You take that joke and then you take the premise of you have to meet the person that this is directly or indirectly um, directed at. If I had to meet the person who mo-capped the Liam push-ups, okay, for people that don't know, at, w- at one point I went on this vicious rant about whoever did the mo-cap for push-ups in Mass Effect Andromeda doesn't know how to do push-ups, those look so stupid, this person's never done a push-up in their life. Um, if I actually met that person, how, how, how do people think that I would react? Does anybody think I would double down? 
Like, does anybody really think that I would sit there and mock this person to their face about how they do push-ups? No. What would actually happen is I would be, I would, you said, I'd be mortified. I would be incredibly embarrassed. I would apologize profusely. I would just, oh my God, I, I, I made you feel bad in any way. I'm so sorry. I was trying to be entertaining and it was a joke. I am a total idiot. I'm so, I would just completely backtrack, which mm-hmm. in my opinion, that's okay. In fact, it might even be exactly the right answer. Like sometimes if the premise is clear that you are trying to be entertaining and you're trying to sort of be outlandish, which I don't think is the same with Reddit and Twitter feedback. I'm kind of more talking about myself. Yeah. But if that's the premise and you say something that's ridiculous and you do get to meet that person in, in person and they, you know, maybe they, they don't care at all. They just realize it's a joke or maybe they do care and they go, hey, why'd you say that? Then what you do is you, yeah, you completely capitulate. You totally say, I'm really, I'm so sorry. That's just totally me joking around. You're right. I am an idiot. God, why am I so stupid? <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, I don't know. I kind of feel like as long as that person accepts the apology, then it's okay. And that's how, that's how you reconcile those two things. So I, I know how to reconcile those two things. The part that is harder for me to reconcile is this idea of like, devs do need feedback and people do need a place to vent. And it doesn't seem like those two things can co- um, cooperate at the exact same time in the exact same space. And you talk about, well, maybe maybe there should be, like, maybe we should tell people on social media that social media is definitely a public space. But then I, I, I feel like that raises a question of, like, then is there an appropriate networked private place? And how do those two things interact? Because to me... A private place is literally your own. It's, it can't be online, right? There's this yeah. I, there's this idea that like a private place can't be online, even if it's even if it's you and me corresponding on email, because everyone should know that emails are like postcards, right? Mm-hmm. Anyone who can siphon off some of that data can read the email, um, mm-hmm. unless you have unless you have a very good you know encrypted email system. Um, so no, nothing through the internet is private. So a private thing is me and my friend having drinks over at my place or being somewhere for dinner and having a conversation. And I will say on a side note, I honestly feel like my private conversations with people have gotten so much better in the past couple of years because I think it's, it's polarized. It's, um, it's inverted rather where Mm -hmm. previously people would hold things back in face-to-face conversations and the online space became like when I was say high school, let's say like 10 years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, More than 10 years ago. That was a place where like online conversations were, I was obsessed with talking to people online because it was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, people are so honest. People are saying things that they would never say in real life, blah, blah, blah. Now that's reversed. I don't enjoy talking to people as much as I used to online because it's manicured, because people are trying to make statements related to their brand, even if they're not Mm -hmm. a known person. And my private conversations with my friends over dinner, over drinks, it's like, oh man, people kind of pull, I have had so many people say to me, like in a hushed tone, like, I would never post this on my Facebook, but let me tell you what I really think. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> people, no, yeah, totally. People say the, things like that and it's amazing. It one of the, this is, I almost feel like this is kind of tangential what we were talking to before, but it's just too interesting to stop. But like, I, I almost feel like nowadays there is this commodity of actually being private and not recorded. 
Like, nowadays, you post something on Twitter, your Facebook, whatever, it's recorded somewhere. Like, the Library of Congress or Facebook that hoards your data and does mm-hmm. all sorts of creepy things. Like, there, there is now a comfort in just sitting in your room with your phones across the way over a couple drinks and being able to say whatever the heck you want and it not bite you in the ass. And I'm not even saying that it's going to be, like, you know, something like, oh, you know, it's giant supremacy, whatever the f- fuck you want to say that's controversial. Like, no, it's not even that. It's just saying, like, oh, Susie's a bitch. Maybe Susie <laughs> is a bitch. But, like, it, you can't say that on Facebook because what if Susie finds out? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The episode of this, the title for this episode is going to be Susie's a bitch. <laughs> But that is funny. <laughs> uh, God, sorry, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bitch, but I mean, uh. you know. But yeah, like it's people need that place to vent and like feel safe about. It. And like a lot of these people have gone to Reddit and Twitter and whatever, and that's just not the appropriate place, even though those places have been advertised as the place to do those. And it's this weird thing. And I feel like we're like. I, I guess what I feel like about this dev versus the community thing that's going on is that I feel that it's more a product of the times than anything else. Like, I'm sure that, you know, we're the, if for some reason this game out, this game came out like, I don't know, like 10, 20 years ago, this conversation would still be happening, just the devs wouldn't really be talking about it as much because, like, there's not really that space that it co-mingles in. So, I, I, like, I wonder, like, how in the future this is going to evolve, you know? So I, I think this is just the rocky slopes of dev versus the community. So um. yeah, and it's the technology piece too. Like this is so interesting. If we go over a little bit, do we have do we have time to do that? Because this topic is so freaking interesting to me. Yeah, go for it. Um, it's like the evolution of the technology, right? Because we, I keep coming back to that thing of like we don't really know if these are if these are private or public places. Like you talk about these products are are marketed that way, which they totally mm-hmm. are. Like they are sold on the idea that like this is your self expression, this is your platform. You can say whatever you want, mm-hmm. but it's also then intermixed with the inherent social pressure of of a group, right? Like, even if people say, I don't give a fuck about what anyone thinks, like, yes, you fucking do. You can't, it's it's in your biology. You care about rejection. You care about whether or not people affirm what you're saying. So you can have the momentary satisfaction of posting something that you know might run a little bit against the grain, but that is ultimately going to collide with either outright rejection or not seeing affirmation. And, and there's been studies done, and there probably needs to be a lot more done on the fact that, like, People have a significant biological reaction to likes mm. when they see them, right? Like there's dopamine um, uh, reception or the dopamine production increases, et cetera. Like we're having this tangible reaction to whether or not the things that we're expressing on social media are affirmed. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you, there isn't affirmation, from, from particularly when it's targeted, right? So like people are, people are expressing these things to the devs and then the devs either sort of give a political response, um, which people perceive as sort of hand-waving, like, we hear you, but we're not really going to do it anything or we're not going to do anything quickly, or they don't respond. And then there's this huge reaction of, like, I'm not being affirmed. This is severely upsetting me because this is sort of why I'm coming to this platform, for some people mm-hmm. at least, is to be is to have my ideas affirmed. Um, what, a, what a tricky goddamn thing. I, just, I, I feel like I have to yeah. also give a caveat for this. Anything I say in this podcast, I reserve the right to fucking change later because <laughs> this and I and I don't say that often, but I'm recognizing right now, like 
this problem is so interesting to me because as we're talking about it, like I'm trying to figure it out, but I have not figured this out. Like I have, I have contradictory ideas in my head right now about this well, premise. Well, here's something like also a bad thing about like media in general nowadays. If you change your mind at all, people will still bring, yeah, you're fucked. People will come up like, well, this one time you said this was one time you typed out this or whatever. But you changed your mind, and you're not allowed to change your mind anymore. Otherwise, it's not genuine. You know, very few people will say, oh, you changed your mind. And, like, the people who agreed with your old mindset would be like, oh, you changed. How dare you? And then the people who agree with your new mindset are going to be like, oh, you you are just actually saying that for likes or whatever. You actually believe this old thing. Like, it's – it's no one can change anymore. You You are – yeah, I actually think like going forward, if something that I want to bring on to my kids, I want to give them the most goddamn common name in the world. So it's extremely hard to find their social media and then tell them not to use social media. That's going to be how my kids live their life, because I think that there is something really negative going on with how people are using social media and how like it's I don't want to say controlling their lives, but definitely like giving them this mindset. You know what I mean? It's turning so. it's turning people into companies. It's turning people into brands. Yeah. You have to be as careful as any company that has a whole PR team to help them be careful. But the problem is, oh, you're 14 years old. You don't have impulse control. Yeah, <laughs> and you're emotional. I think it's really hurting the kids most of all. Definitely. Like, golly, Jordan, like, I don't know how you were at 14, but I know if I was 14, I would just be saying stupid. Like, oh, God, help me. <laughs> well, so I'll, so I'll give you an idea, right? So, like, a lot of my... And I don't know if you have a similar thing. Like there is social media or not social media, like whatever the equivalent would have been at forum posts, right? Um, yeah, it was it was kind of budding when we were children. All of that's gone, right? Because those platforms mm-hmm. are either gone. And for the stuff that wasn't gone, even when I was around like 20 or something like that, and I could still remember some of the usernames that I, I nuked it. Like if there was oh, yeah. if there was anything that existed, I went back and, de- and deleted it at, once I hit adulthood because I'm like, this is so cringy and embarrassing and ridiculous. It's gone. There's no chance of it. But yep. I will say this for me, I've been writing publicly for a long ass time. Even when I was a teenager, I was I was um, blogging, covering sports. I mean, there's stuff going back to 05 that I that is still out there um, mm-hmm. and people can find it. People can even find some of my video game stuff from like probably started in 08, 09. So I legitimately have opinions on video games that are 10 years old. I can't be held to like obviously like I've changed my views on certain things. Certain things, yeah, like, certain things I haven't, which I'm really proud of, but like, you know, it happens. I, I mean, I'm just assuming, but like, I'm a completely different person than I was 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. I imagine you are too. Right. Like, I imagine you probably read some of the things you wrote and go, ha ha, I was a fucking <laughs> idiot. I would do that. You know, like, it's it's only yeah. natural. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's it, it's crazy that like, it, in a way, it's so interesting that social media now documents a person's like entire stream of consciousness until like they're young until they're old or whatever and how how it changes and that's really interesting but then we also see like how stupid humanity can be <laughs> it's unfair it's yeah you're 100 correct um snapchat is a really great advancement because of this um oh, yeah i don't but even even then like people like you know record the snapchat and it still happens but yeah they do it's it's um yeah, anyway, I don't, I don't want to get off to talk about Snapchat. I just want, I just kind of want to say this because I said I was 98% um, with you mm-hmm. on one aspect and <clears throat> and I have contradictory thoughts in my head, which I totally do. I'm honestly I'm honestly trying to figure this out as we're going through the conversation, so bear with me. Okay. On one hand, I'm saying 
you know, there's this question of like, is social media private or public? Is 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 the subreddit for Anthem the place where people vent uncensored, or is it the place where the devs can can gather constructively phrased criticism? Mm-hmm. And I think I think in some sense we're kind of landing on. Or I, or I was, you were saying, well, teach people that it's a public space. And then I'm raising the question of like, well, then where is the private space? Is it possible mm-hmm. that for there to be a network private place? On the one hand, I think people should have their space and it should be their space and it should be, and they should be able to say whatever they want. On the other hand, I totally do not think that. And I'll give, mm-hmm. and I'll give you an example of, of sort of a contradiction, right, between what I'm saying now and what I've said in the past. There is, it is now well known that the um, NBA player, Kevin Durant, has a burner account for Twitter. And he probably has one for uh, Instagram. Burner account just meaning he has like a random generic, he's got like an egg on Twitter. Yeah. That's not his public one. And apparently he, he, he'd be posting some salt on this one. I don't, know, I don't know how people know this exactly. I think maybe it came out because one of his friends said this. Um, he goes around and talks shit to people who talk shit about Kevin Durant. <laughs> All right. He he does not like the fact that people just call him out on his public Twitter, and he so he goes around and will reply to their responses from this from this unknown account and talk shit about them. And when that happened, I said Kevin Durant should not fucking do that. That is ridiculous. You know, say what you want to say and be held accountable for it, and or just or just don't right. And and my rationale for that was. Do not give in to the impulse response that you have to want to yell at people who are being mean to you. Um, you're you're fueling something internally. You th- and again, I'm not an expert on this stuff. You could probably you probably know way more about this than I do, right? Like on some level, I'm sure he has to get it off his chest. But on another level, I feel like he's fueling that that need to respond within himself because he gets a ton of it, right? Top two player in the NBA, it's him and LeBron, basically one of the most well-known guys out there. He takes a lot of shit because he left the Oklahoma City Thunder to join the Golden State Warriors, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets a ton of hate. And it's just like, don't fuel the the, the, the knee-jerk um, need, desire to want to respond to that. You're doing something bad to yourself. You shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. And so so I'll stop there. What do you think about that? Is, is, should should I, he not do that? Well, I think they're... See, I... I in, in my imagining of this guy's life, I, I, I do wonder if part of that is that he's surrounded by yes men and he knows he can't really trust a lot of people. So, like, he has to go out to the Internet to vent out his feelings because he doesn't really have anyone close to him. I don't really know. Mm. That's just me assuming. Sure. So that's that's one reading of that. I, I think, like, kind of divorcing the story and more, like, from, like, the actual person and more, like, from, from the actual, I guess, concept yeah. of it. The concept of it. Like, I... I I, I agree that adults should know better, but at the same time, like I think a lot of these people are children, you know. Hundred percent. Can can can, yeah. can you hold can you hold a fourteen accountable for saying you know fuck you you know right. whatever like he's he's fourteen he doesn't know how to <laughs> pick his nose I don't care <laughs> like and and but at the same time like I this is a whole another topic we can't even grow to like we're we're weirdly infantilizing there's a word there that's real and not like that infantilizing um, infantilizing consumers yeah yeah consumers but then also like people like i I hate the word adulting you know like oh i'm i adulted today i'm so good i paid my bills like no do you mean you were a person (laughs) 
you were a person like you're 18 you're an adult you know like <laughs> you didn't adult today you just did something you should have you know right it's so, like there there is this growing culture of just like weirdly staying around in your teens and you don't like grow mentally beyond that so that that's a whole nother thing but yeah they're like i i i, I I agree with your points, and I but but only for adults. And the problem is, is that in the internet, you can't tell who is an adult and who is a child pretending to be adult, because like e- e- like there's very eloquent children, and then there's very uneloquent adults. So it's <laughs> or people point. who don't speak English. So it's it's this weird space that you just have to give them the benefit of the doubt and says maybe these people that are getting angry are just children and don't know any better because their parents are terrible or, you know, all sorts of different reasons. And so I feel like on a case-by-case basis, if you look at a singular person, like the the basketball player, and says, you know, about what he's doing, like, okay, this is wrong for these reasons because he's a person, we know he's an adult, we know he should know better, you know? But I think as a community, we just kind of have to assume some things and that's just going to be how it's working. But, like, it's... I, I know even my thoughts on this are kind of fresh and uncooked because we we were just talking about this for the first time. But I, I guess that's how I view it. It's a really good point, though, about kids and child, uh, kids and uh, adults. That's a that's such a huge point because you don't know who who we don't even know who we're talking about when we well, even some of the quotes that we read earlier. We don't even know the age of those people. Those people could be twelve. Not at all. Yeah, they're really good. Like some some of them. Uh, some some of these comments are not you know typed out very well like they're like you know using like you or like things are misspelled but like heck i you should see my reddit comments i i can't i have dyslexia and i don't like re like redo my comments if it's spelled incorrectly Mm -hmm. whoops i misspelled a word that's just how it's gonna be you know like there's just maybe they don't even speak you know english as a second language stuff like that so it's it's a weird the internet's weird Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I, I always want to try and leave people with some sort of angle to how they can be better. And, and that's, that is one thing that I constantly try and try and impress upon people. It's not that I'm necessarily defending the devs, right? Because I criticize mm-hmm. the game as well. I think it's very fair to criticize developers. I said this on the last um, podcast. If I was talking to the devs, I would be talking to them about taking as much as you can take right have as mm-hmm. thick a skin as you can possibly as you can possibly have don't take any of it personal and even when people are crossing the line try to be as tolerant of it not from a not from a position of trying to acquiesce to that person but from the position of just not letting it bother you i do like the fact that john warner tweeted out to some ridiculous asshole that this is how you get uh, uh blocked mm-hmm. i retweeted that tweet um and I reported it, and I highly encourage people that if you see a consistent pattern of behavior, to report people. Um, because when you went onto this particular person's Twitter account, all he did was at Bioware developers and say horrible things. Which that's that that real quick. That's like another subset of people that aren't angry and don't know what to do with their anger. They just like stirring up shit. That we didn't even touch upon. Yeah, that, that stuff to me, and I, and I don't even know if, if we even necessarily have to, because to me that's a black and white situation. If somebody just at yeah. Ben Irving, at uh, John Warner, at Mark Dara, you piece, copy and pasting, you piece of shit, you should be ashamed of yourself, blah, blah, blah. Just, th- that's not a discussion. That's that's just somebody trying to spew nonsense in your face. That That's a block and report. Mm-hmm. Um so excluding that, right, excluding and only talking about legitimate feedback that might just be phrased a little harshly. Um, 
I would say take as much of it as you can. But if I was talking to the people who are saying this, I would say, look, I'm not trying to excuse from a capitalist consumerist standpoint the fact that you're dissatisfied with the product. That you address by just not buying any more product or cutting, mm-hmm. o- or cutting off a subscription if you're paying a subscription or maybe voicing feedback one time about the things that you, that you didn't feel were up to your expectations and then you leave it. Everything else, I, just, I don't think it's good for people. I'm not qualified to make this determination. I'm not, I'm not an expert on any of this. I, this is anecdotal from my own life, from the lives of people that I know, um, from watching people who are in corporate positions who have to receive more broad feedback in, in, those, in, in that sense. Um, I do not think it's good for people. I, for, I don't think it's good for people making the comments. If you are complaining mm-hmm. and complaining and complaining, I don't even know how to articulate this or quantify it exactly i think it's bad for you i think it's bad for your soul i just think it makes you angrier and angrier and it makes you more and more bitter and when you get responses that sort of make you temporarily happy like an important person someone that you view as an important person like a celebrity or a game developer who acknowledges you and you get that little like happiness response from that i think you start to get into this really weird because you're sort of reinforcing it in a weird way, yep. like I would just ask people to realize, like, do not get into that loop. It's not about defending the devs. It's not about excusing a product. It's for your own good. Do not get into that habit because it's going to get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. Because, yeah, if, if you, you see all the time, like uh, some of the comments that I, I pulled up that were like really mean and nasty were from a comment thread saying that we shouldn't be... Um, you know, being so angry at the devs and then people doubling down in their opinion, like, no, we need to, they need to, they need to pay for what they've done type of thing. Like it's, 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 yeah. But at the same time, like, should we expect all game developers like in their curriculum, if they're learning or whatever, also like learn how to take, you know, anger and like threats to family and stuff like that. Is that something we need to be teaching our game developers who really just came into it because they like, they like the light box machine and make games on it. Like, is that really what we should be teaching these people? I, <laughs> you're right. I mean, you're right. It is. It's crazy. Like I said, I, I don't have a fully fleshed out, fully, fully concrete opinion on this. And I imagine I might change my views on this later because this is such a, it's such a, a fresh, like burgeoning technology, and it's a new, it's a new interaction that we're having. We're having to figure out the social rules for this stuff, mm-hmm. and that's tough. And like, I, I get that the social rules should be just don't be an asshole, but at the same time, you can't just say like, I, I this is going to be very controversial, but this is this is reality. Um, for a lot of like college stuff, I, ha- I like I had to go to a class to uh tell tell me as a woman that i as a man shouldn't rape a woman i don't I, like i'm a woman <laughs> like i don't know what you want from me <laughs> like wait wasn't hold teaching... on i'm sorry say that again <laughs> yeah okay so i had i forgot i forgot i think it was fight care or something like that i had to sit down in a lecture hall as a freshman in college and they would say like um te- try to teach men how not to rape a woman like how that's, you know, if she says no, she says no, whatever. But it was never worded in a way that like women should also think about these rules. It was always in a way that like, oh, if you're a man, these are things you should do. Not if you are a woman or a man, these are things you should do. So I was sitting there in a lecture thinking this is made for a man, but I'm also forced to sit here. Like I get the message is completely, completely fine. But word it in a way that like it's also made for, you know, the women. Oh, I see what you're saying. Consent. Okay. 
Yeah. I, I, I thought he, this was like a singular setting. Like you, Katie, were sat in front of an entire room full of people like in one lone chair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is like a gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. class or whatever we were all forced to Some do. sort of orientation. Otherwise you'd be kicked yeah, out of okay. school. Yeah, it was a freshman orientation thing. And it's it's like, I I get how that's a good exercise for the men. But at the same time, I as a woman shouldn't also put myself in situations where I'm at risk, you know, and I think that's kind of like in, in a really kind of weird way, something that game dev needs to do. Yeah, we should be teaching people not to be angry assholes, but you also need to learn how to protect yourself. And I think that's just true in all sorts of situations. Yeah, we yeah, society should work a certain way. Yeah, we shouldn't steal and murder and all sorts of things, but we also need to learn how to protect ourselves. And I think that's so true with game devs online. Like I think I think it might even be better, like kind of in the days of old where game dev was this mystifying experience, because then they would just be angry at Bioware as the company and not, you know, uh, ben Irving and Mark Dara and blah 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 blah. Like mm-hmm. the, you, you know the names and they right. pointed at you. We should probably go back to the time when it was a bit mysterious and we were just mad at Bioware. That way, when you said, "Oh, I work at Bioware," you go, "Oh, I don't like that company." Go, yeah. Sometimes it has its problems. You're off the hook. It's fine. So, like that. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, and also like I, I mentioned, um, you know, that I would I would say to the developers, take as much as you can. But I like John Warner's tweet pushing back a little bit. I know that sounds contradictory, but a long time ago when we were talking about Andromeda, I talked about how I could not believe how much punishment Ian Fraser took, uh, who was the, the lead producer, executive producer, etc. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> one of, he was one of the higher people in the design standpoint. And he always responded with the nicest stuff. And I was like, I don't think you should do that when when they were when they cross a certain line. I think I think part of what we're talking about, right? When you say people need to learn how to defend themselves as well, it's like we need a certain baseline element of like strength is the word that I would use for everyone, and that raises the that raises the quality of the discourse. When someone has a good sense of themselves, when someone is confident, when someone has high or even just a, a modicum of self worth, they don't get so vitriolic and hateful in their comments. They really don't. When, when, when you have a good sense of yourself and you are confident in who you are as a person, you shouldn't feel the need to lash out over some mistakes that were made in game development. Again, strong, fair criticism about a product from a consumer standpoint. That's fair. I don't have any problem with that because uh, mm-hmm. they're a company. They should be able to take it. But I just feel like if we, if we sort of raise the baseline expectation of, of, I hate to use the word toughness, but it's like, you want to say something to a dev that's critical. Okay, like if you're self-confident, that's going to come in with a certain amount of dignity and respect for the other person. But also, the dev's going to go, hey, you know, thanks for your feedback. I think you were a little rude on this. And oh, by the way, that thing that you're talking about in gameplay, I don't agree with you. We designed it that way because we liked it. So, (laughs) like the parts of the game. I would love it if they just said that more. And then that other person could go, oh, okay, well, I I still disagree with you, but thanks for your response. And, And then that's it. It's like two confident people having a disagreement and it's totally fine whereas when you put consumers into the into the position of everything you say is right the customer is always right you have to be responded Mm -hmm. to quickly they have to basically dote on you right and tell you how great you are and we just appreciate your feedback and we love the fans so much and anything you want we're just going to do it super quick in two days and it's like you're cultivating an attitude amongst people that's going to lead to them being progressively and progressively more aggressive and less patient because you're catering to that. 
Whereas if we have we have to hit the reset button and go, no, you're talking to a person, and if they don't like what you say, they're gonna say, hey, excuse me, I don't like how you just spoke to me, and it doesn't matter if I'm a developer. Don't talk to me that way. And then you have to step back and go, whoa, oh, okay, I'm sorry, or or whatever. So it, what I'm hearing from this is normalize that the customer customer is always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. Just just kick people out the door and tell them to get lost. Um, I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like if, if, if people talk to each other like people without any special privileges on one side or the other, and you just really talk to each other as equals, then there wouldn't be this effort to be super nice. It wouldn't be super niceness. It would just be like a baseline of, of politeness. Yeah. Well... Jordan, I think that's about about time. We should end it there. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think the topic is super interesting, but I think we've said enough on it. And um, yeah. yeah, I think um, God, it's so weird, right? Like Anthem as a game is like it's this one thing, and then we've just done a whole another episode about people talking about Anthem. Yeah, the game's still guess, fun, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still having fun with it. I just, I, I, I would be. I, I kind of almost don't want to talk about Anthem again until like a year later when like things are a little bit more fleshed out. And like, I think that's going to be the real Anthem uh, review is about a year from now when we touch back on it again and see how things are going. That's really how Anthem's going to be. And I'm very curious to how that's going to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I agree. No, I think you're totally right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Katie, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can send all your compliments, no complaints to, uh, <laughs> I think at one point we established, send all your complaints to the exalted March at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm, I'm Any, Katie's way nicer than me. So you've been warned. <laughs> that's fair. I maybe too nice. Anyway, uh, I'm Gildathon on YouTube and on Twitter, uh, Gildathon on Reddit, but I'm backlogged on messages. So good fucking luck. Uh, Jordan, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at the exalted March on YouTube, on Twitter, Reddit, and Instagram. We also have a streaming channel called Codex Added. We don't talk about that often, but we do do it uh, <laughs> like weekly. Uh, we're actually about to go stream in like eight minutes. So this is this will be a fun little time piece for <laughs> listening in the future. Anyway, uh, with that, guys, Doresh, you're all.